I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, I'm Adam Smith and welcome to the very first episode of the Official England Podcast. I'm delighted to be your host on what is quite simply the very best place to keep up with everything that is going on inside the camp during the Three Lions Euro 2020 campaign. We're going to be with you every single day of England's tournament and in each episode I'll be speaking exclusively to one of the Three Lions players, legends or famous fans. We have got some huge names lined up and we've got an action-packed pod to kick us off today. Coming up in today's episode, I speak to England skipper Harry Kane, who revealed his thoughts on the young squad, spoke about his role as captain and just how much pride he gets every time he pulls on that famous Three Lions jersey. I love every moment wearing an England shirt and to lead the boys out every time is an amazing feeling. We'll bring you all the latest headlines and injury updates from the squad. There's reactions from the Romania game as England secure another 1-0 win thanks to a Marcus Rashford penalty. And we'll be hearing from our man in the camp, Josh Denzel, as well as stats guru, Duncan Alexander. You're listening to the official England podcast. Right, first up, let's talk about some of the biggest news coming out of the England camp with regards to injuries. So, Liverpool captain Jordan Henderson, we saw that he got 45 minutes under his belt against Romania, having not played since February following that groin injury. It wasn't the perfect second-half performance for Hendo, as he did see his late penalty saved, of course, but I'm sure we can all agree the most important thing was that it was great to see him back in that three Lions jersey. Next up, let's talk about Harry Maguire, still injured and hasn't trained. But the positive news is that Gareth Southgate does believe he's making good progress with his recovery. As for Bakayo Saka, he was the match winner, wasn't he, against Austria following his first ever England goal buzzing for him. Uh, he missed the Romania game after a hip problem, adding to more fitness concerns, but is expected that he'll be fit ahead of the group games. And of course, we can't speak about injuries and not mention Trent Alexander-Arnold, unfortunately ruled out of the entire tournament after sustaining a thigh injury in that Austria game last Wednesday. The injury incidentally is set to take four to six weeks to recover from. We're all absolutely gutted for him and of course we wish him a speedy recovery and we're hearing there's a good chance that Gareth Southgate will name his replacement later on today. Rashford for goal number 12 for England as England's newest captain Rashford takes responsibility and makes no mistake 
So two games for England and two 1-0 wins over Austria and Romania. It was a great night for Marcus Rashford, wasn't it, against Romania? The 125th player to captain the three lines. Incidentally, as well, he was the youngest player to start a match as England captain since Michael Owen 18 years ago. That game was at the Riverside Stadium and Owen scored a penalty for England. This game was at the Riverside Stadium. And guess what? Yep, you're right. Rashford scored a penalty for England. England registered their first win over Romania since the 1970 World Cup. Bit of a bogey side, aren't they, Romania for England in recent times, ending a run of seven matches without a win. And Rashford's penalty was the 100th goal of his professional career for club and country, 88 of which have come in a Man United shirt and 12 in an England shirt. So 1-0, courtesy of that Rashford goal. Jack Grealish, another top performance from him. He picked up the man of the match. And of course, we've got to say a good night for Sam Johnson as well. He made his debut and he pulled off an absolute worldie of a save. And it was great to see him beaming with pride in his post-match interview. We'll be talking to our man in the camp, Josh Denzel, about the game later in the show. But first, here's what Gareth Southgate had to say after the game. The, the game itself, it, not easy for the group of players we put together. You know, a lot of, uh, a lot of changes from the other night. Several players making their debuts, players who needed the minutes, players who've had injury or illness. So there were a lot of um, different elements going on to, uh, on the pitch. Um, clearly, the the performance, I think, needs to improve um, from what we did today. Um, but nice to win, and uh, we, we've certainly learned a lot from the game. Now, we want you at home to get involved in the conversation for this podcast throughout the tournament. So we've had a scour of the best reactions from social media. Spencer Owen from Hashtag United, of course, made a few points about the Romania game, including the fact that we're going to win a lot of fouls this summer, he says, especially Grealish playing. So free kick deliveries will be key. It's a very good point from Spence. At PV1001, quite simply says, the England v Romania game hasn't been a thriller, but that save from Sam Johnston was literally one of the best I've seen in years scintillating stuff he says that for the moment preserved the lead yeah I've got to agree with him there what a save that one I actually got me off my sofa that save what a save that was and at DCFC Lewis just says Jack Grealish needs to start every game not up to me Lewis of course but I'll try and have a word with Gareth Southgate and see what I can do and we'll be keeping a close eye on England's social media accounts so get your questions and your comments to us and we'll read the best ones throughout the series Every day during the tournament, I'll be speaking to Lions Den host Josh Denzel, who is our man in the camp. He's going to keep us up to date on everything that's happening with the squad. Basically, there won't be a slice of toast eaten without this man knowing about it. Here he is, my guy, Josh Denzel. Josh, how you doing, mate? I'm good. I'm buzzing. About it. I've just I've just arrived at SGP. As I said, I've been bad on the ground. I've got I've got spies everywhere. So, Love that. Uh, from, my, from my position here. I can see I can see everything, so uh, I won't let you guys miss a beat. I've got to ask you as well, I'm really honoured to be hosting this England podcast that's every single day. You're in the camp hosting Lions Den. How honoured are you about that? You must be classed to be in and amongst uh, the England players and representing England uh, on this Euro journey. I know, I got, I got the call up. I, I tell you, it's like every kid's dream, you know what I mean, in any way, shape or form. And I've done a lot of stuff with, with the FA in England before, but this was the goal, like, do you know what I mean? To be in and amongst it as a fan. You know, I travelled to uh, I travelled to France to go and watch the 2016 yeah, I remember the, France 98 was probably the first tournament that I, I fully remember being invested I remember the, the teachers wheeling the bubble TVs into my year 6 classroom <laughs> to watch 2002 like I am a fan and so to be here like I'm 
I, I'm honoured I, I, no, to pull on the stash every day. Yeah. It almost feels like I'm lacing up the boots. So, yeah, we're going to be doing Lions Den. It's going to be a live show available on uh, England's Twitch and England's YouTube. It's going to go out every single day and we should have uh, a couple of players each time. We've got a big fan walk, which is, which is great because we can get the fans involved from wherever they are. We're going to get six fans and we're going we're gonna to basically broadcast them on screen, allow them to chat to the players, chat to me, and we'll, we'll just have a good bit of banter. And it's going to be a great show every day live. So they've got to Love that. So that's what we can look forward to. And I've got to ask you, you said you're a fan there as a fan. Uh, it's the same with me, Matt. I, I, I'm echoing exactly that, to be working for England as a fan. And I remember all those tournaments as well. It, it, it is a real honour. Um, how do you see this tournament going? Because there's, look at that squad on paper. There's a lot of talent there, isn't there? On paper, this is one of the most exciting and talented squads we've had in since I can remember, do you know what I mean? We obviously had the golden generation, but yeah. this is this is this is a young, hungry group that all get on. There's no like having been in around England camp for a while. There's there's no cliques. There's no groups. They, you know, what I mean, the, the banter's flying between everyone, and they genuinely want to win. And like you got the likes of Foden, you got the likes of Grealish, we got Rashford, we've got arguably the best striker in the world right now, Harry Kane. We got John Stones making a, a, having a sensational season, like. I know we do this every time, Smithy. I know we do, but I genuinely believe it is coming home. This Love is it. our year. How can we build on the semi-finals? Absolutely. Is does this team have a little bit extra? You know what I mean? A little bit extra bite and a few positionally. I think we're fantastic. So I genuinely believe that we can we can match, if not better what we did in 2018. Love to hear that. And of course, uh, you are a big dog, mate, on social media. You've got millions of followers. All the players follow you. You know, you're going to be speaking to them as I will throughout this tournament. Uh, how is the mood? How are the players setting up? Are they feeling confident going into this one? Do you know what? In the build-up to uh, in the build to this tournament, I've been I've been texting the boys and, you know, I mean, we, we, we speak a lot on socials, if not in person. And, I've always been like, mate, I'm going to see you at SGP. I'm going to see you at SGP. And they've just been texting me about the praying hand emoji going, if I make the squad, trust me, it's going to be the best tournament ever. So now, obviously, the, the squad's been announced. They're buzzing. And this is a group that I feel a lot of them are making their their, their tournament debuts. Yeah. And they, they feel the same way I feel. You know, having, having chatted to the boys, you know, especially Grillo, you know what I mean? Saka as well. These boys are so buzzing to be here, to put on the shirt, and play in a tournament and perform in a tournament that there's that kind of, I wouldn't say nervous energy, but there's, there's that desire to do well. And it's that excitement of a, of, of a, like a new journey. And I feel like that's coming across a lot and it's going to, it's going to be uh, yeah, it's going to be a great tournament. The boys are absolutely buzzing. Yeah, I can echo that, mate. The few that I've spoken to again are just so excited and raring to go. We are all excited about this. I'm excited that you're joining us. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to see you very soon. So look after yourself, mate. Enjoy your time. And I'll speak to you again on the England podcast. Love it. Pleasure, Smithy. Right, I'm pleased to say joining me on the podcast now is our resident stats expert. It's statistician from Opta, broadcaster, author. If you don't know who this man is on social media, well, quite simply, you are missing out. At Oily Sailor is his handle. It is, of course, Duncan Alexander. Now, Duncan, you are the man to follow if you want to impress your mates down the pub with a banging football stat. So great to have you on the podcast, firstly. And can you give us some England-related stats to get us all excited about the Euros, please, mate? Well, we've just watched the Romania game and, you know, it wasn't possibly the greatest uh, performance we've ever seen from England but I mean it you know continued a pretty really good run um, that England have of basically going into World Cups um, or Euros without losing that's 19 in a row now um, wow. they haven't, so you know they, they tend to go in quite well and the flip side to that is that um, England have never won their opening game at the Euros um, and yeah, you know, I saw that never that's amazing isn't it I can't yeah. believe that 
And obviously, lots of people are drawing parallels with Euro '96. And obviously, with the most of England's games going to be at Wembley. Um, and if you remember that that tournament, there was you know a lot of excitement, a lot of hype, and, and England's first game against Switzerland really wasn't the performance that everyone was looking for. And it was never a penalty, though, Dunk, was it? That was never a penalty in this European yeah, so I'm not having it. Say, well. <laughs> So what you're saying is we need VAR, so that's good. So we're, we're, we're one up already. So uh, yeah, but you know, then it set up a really intriguing game with Scotland. So there are, you know, there are a lot of parallels with '96, which I think is quite interesting. But um, yeah, I mean, you can't. I always think it's really hard to read anything into into the games just before the tournament, particularly this year with you know Southgate having to make so many changes and and you know the the Champions League finalist players not even you know taking any part in either of the two games. Yeah, I love that. And have you got any other quirky ones? Like, I always follow you and you always give us some, some really quirky ones about days of the week and, and timings yeah. and stuff. Any other quirky ones that I can impress my mates with? Well, that was the first England starting lineup, uh, the Romania game, uh, without any players from uh, any London teams since uh, March, wow. March 1980 when England played Spain. I'm sure we all remember that. Lodged into our brains forever. Um, obviously, someone that came on that played pretty well was was Jude Bellingham, um, who, you know, is making a case to be, you know, possibly in the starting eleven. Um, he's actually the first England player younger than the first ever cloned horse to play for England so um, it really, really puts it into perspective when you, when you think about that so. where do you get stats like that from that's exactly uh, why I wanted you on the pod to give us information like that where do you pluck that from just a sort of slightly deranged mind and uh, you know I daydream <laughs> and I go into some strange places but yeah you know there should be plenty more of that coming during the tournament so yeah should be good oh, I actually read it as well Jude Bellingham was 12 the last Euros that we had, which just, I mean, it just goes to show what a talent this man is, isn't it? He's going to be an England player for many years to come, isn't he? You know, I was thinking the day, uh, Euro 2004, obviously, you know, the, the defeat to Portugal and penalties, um, you know, Rooney got injured in that tournament. Jude Bellingham was four days off being one year old when England played Portugal in Euro 2004, which, you know, he, it was, I thought what's actually quite interesting is if you think back to the last World Cup, um, England finally won a penalty shootout for the first time since, since 96. And a lot of these players now are, they're too young to have experienced that kind of, you know, psychic pain from the 90s and 2000s. So it is almost like a sort of, you know, a blank sheet of paper. And I think, I think hopefully that kind of thing that's been hanging over us in, in previous tournaments has now possibly gone, gone for good. Great stuff, Duncan. Just to end it, any final thoughts, any reasons that we can get really excited as England fans about this Euros? And of course, just give the listeners a reminder of where we can find all of your statistical knowledge, shall we say? Yeah, on social media as discussed and also on our, our new website, theanalyst.com, where we've done a lot, of, a lot of preview stuff. We'll be doing stuff there every day. We've also done a predictor, which actually rates England a little bit lower than some people might have thought. But I think the key thing here with all the machines and computers whirring in overdrive is that we've had to take into account things like like, you know, the pathway through. And obviously everyone knows if England come first or second in their group, they could face some some pretty difficult uh, opponents going forward. And I think we learned at the last World Cup that, you know, England coming second to Belgium and Negra actually gave them a, a smoother path to the semi-final. So, you know, I think if the difficult start to the Euros, as we've seen before in previous tournaments happens, I don't think there's any reason to panic. In fact, it might actually be, might actually be quite good because it probably might give us a little bit of a, a clearer path to, you know, to later in the tournament. So that'd be good. Duncan, absolute pleasure to have you on. I'm going to be using many of those stats uh, to a lot of my friends to impress them and uh, hopefully speak to you again very soon on the podcast. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Last week, I caught up with England captain and, of course, golden boot winner at the World Cup, Harry Kane, for our exclusive chat where he told me all about how the squad is feeling ahead of the tournament.
Harry, the Euros are approaching fast, but more importantly, you are the first guest on the official England podcast. So how do you feel about that? Feels good. Yeah, feels good to be here. Looking forward to it. <laughs> First question, Euro 2020 is finally here in 2021. I don't know how you feel as players, but for us, it just seems like we've been waiting ages for this. Are you? Is there a sense of relief and are you really raring to go? Because we've been waiting such a long time for this tournament, haven't we? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we can't wait to, to finally get back out there. Obviously, uh, we had a great World Cup. Uh, everyone was so excited during that. And yeah, we've just been itching to get back at it and play in a major tournament. So uh, obviously looking forward to this one. Uh, it's going to be a great tournament, a lot of games at home. So uh, we can't wait to get out there. And how's the mood in the camp? I've spoken to a few of the players already and all of them have just said like how good the team spirit is. Obviously your captain as well. So uh, do you echo what a lot of your fellow teammates are saying that there's a really good camaraderie in the squad at the minute? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, everyone gets on really well. Um, I think the group's great. We've got a great balance between young and experienced players. Uh, we've got players who have been playing in, in the best games, the biggest games, the cup finals. Uh, and we've just got a great team. So uh, we're looking forward to, obviously, the challenge. Uh, obviously, there's a bit more pressure on us this this year than what there was going into, into that World Cup. So uh, we just got to kind of take that in our stride and, and look forward to the challenge. Yeah, do you, do you feel that this squad, I saw an interview you did recently, actually, where you said that you feel quite old in this squad because there's just so many uh, young players. It's, it's, I'm looking at the squad now and there's just so many young, attacking and fearless players as well. So does it make you, you, you feel old? And is that exciting as captain that you've got um, such great strength and depth? Yeah, absolutely. Like I say, I'm only 27 years old, but I feel like definitely one of the older ones. And I am one of the older ones in the team. So, <laughs> um, But look, it's... it's it's like I said, we've got some great, great players. We've got a great balance. We, we know we've got a long way to go. We've got a lot of hard work between now and hopefully the, the end of the tournament. So we've just got to do all we can in this preparation stage to, to be in the best avail uh, availability. Um, let's speak about some of those players that you mentioned there. We've got the likes of Foden, of, of Mount, of Grealish, Sterling, Sancho. There's just an array of um, attacking options, particularly in and around the position you play. Do you look at that and just think, wow, there's going to be so much service and th there's so many options of players that, that you have uh, to play alongside? I mean, I'm glad I don't have to pick who starts in those games because there's just so many options, aren't there? Yeah, absolutely. And I think to be one of the best teams in the tournament you have to have uh, great depth in positions and, and that's what we've got we've got a lot of competition for places we've got a lot of players playing well in their position um, and yeah as a striker in the team obviously there's so many creative players around me that can create chances and set me up uh, it's a joy to play in so uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to of course being being out there with the boys, whoever's picked will do a great job. And obviously, whoever comes off the bench will, will be there to make an impact as well. And of course, we're filming this before uh, it's announced who will win the PFA Player of the Year and Young Player of the Year. Of course, you're nominated for the Player of the Year following on from a, a great season that you had personally. Um, all of the Young Player of the Years are English players, which again goes to show how well uh, England have done and the, the, the young English talent that we have. And one of those players, Phil Foden, is actually nominated uh, for both awards, the Young Player and the senior player of this. So just talk to me about Phil Foden and how good he is. And is he someone that just improves constantly? Because looking at it from the outside, he just seems to be someone that is constantly taking his game to the next level. Yeah, no, Phil's great. Uh, you know, Phil loves football. He loves being out there on the pitch. He loves just getting on the ball and expressing himself. And uh, you've seen that kind of as, as he's been playing the last few years, he's got better and better and improved and his game understanding has got better. His final product's got better. 
Um, and we all know how good he is when he's dribbling past players and, and things like that. So uh, he's taken confidence in, in his game and he's learning every time he steps out on the field. Uh, obviously, this will be uh, his first major tournament with with the country. So there's a lot of uh, different kind of expectations and pressures that come with that. But, you know, that's why we've got a good squad and good team around us to to help players through that and feel someone who might need a bit of help now and then. But uh, when he's on the pitch, he's, uh, he's fearless and he just wants to, to play and express himself. And that's what we want as a team. Yeah. Do you look at this squad and think, wow, this, this is England have got a real chance. And do you also almost think that it's actually an even stronger squad than the one you had in the World Cup? And of course, that squad did very well. But do you think this squad has even more uh, strength in depth? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Um, and I think we're just in a, in probably a better place. Obviously, going into that World Cup, uh, we wasn't quite sure where we was as a team, but we obviously performed really well and, and stepped up to the occasion. Uh, I feel like now, like I said, we've had a bit more experience. We've had players who have been there in the biggest games, in the biggest uh, for their club. And obviously, players who have played in the World Cup have had that experience as well. So uh, I feel like we're in a good place. Of course, we know... There's still a lot of hard work that goes into it. We don't just turn up and win the tournament. You know, we haven't won a tournament uh, as a country for a long, long time. So uh, there needs to be a lot of good preparation, um, a lot of good mentality along the whole way. So it's a long, tough journey to get to to the later stages of a, of a major tournament. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that tournament experience because we've got 15 players who've never been to a tournament before and a lot of those players have made their debut in the last 12 months. So as captain, how important is, is your role to, to settle the lads in and, and make sure that they're as comfortable as possible going into a huge tournament? Obviously, I remember my first tournament, Euro 2016, was so excited and um, in a way almost too excited and obviously that tournament do, didn't go as well as what uh, I wanted it to or the country wanted it to but uh, that's part of the learning curve so it's down to not just me but kind of the other players in the group who have had experience who have been leaders you know we've got captains from their clubs that uh, are coming in our team so uh, it's just about kind of yeah, all the leaders in the team and the more, the more experienced players just helping out maybe the younger players or the more inexperienced players and not just on the pitch, but off the pitch as well. Obviously, tournament environment's difficult. You're away from your family and friends for a long time, especially uh, with the COVID restrictions as well. We're going to be in a bubble and uh, that's sometimes the hardest part is the stuff outside of the game. So, um, yeah, that's what we're there for, just to keep everyone mentally ready and got to create a, a real kind of brotherhood uh, amongst ourselves because we're going to hopefully be away for for a long period of time and uh, yeah, just trying to help each other through it. Yeah, how tough is that side of it? Because obviously, I've been to, to training grounds. I've seen that the, the COVID protocols are, are, are brilliant as, the, as they need to be. But obviously, there's, it's a very young squad. A lot of them away from their families. You've got young kids yourself. Um, it's it's a long tournament for people to be away from. As we said, a lot of players have never been to a tournament before. So how important is that that, that you are together and, and as captain as well that you help those younger players to keep switched on and, and to not be bored and, and to, to remain positive? Uh, I'm obviously going to miss my my family my wife and kids and, and i know all the other players who have family and friends will, will be the same so um yeah i think it's just about being there for each other there's going to be moments where you know certain players might be a little bit down on certain days it's just about picking each other up and just talking to each other and keeping each other focused because uh although it is a long time it does go quick as well obviously the world cup when we was doing well, it was flying past. We couldn't wait for the next game. And hopefully it's an enjoy, in, enjoyable experience that we can all 
have memories for the rest of our lives. And I know how much uh, representing England means to you. I've done interviews with you in the past. I've heard other interviews you've done. You, you, you just simply love playing for England. I seem to remember an interview I did with you ages ago where you said uh, your debut for England was your proudest moment. So from your debut for England many years ago to now captaining your side, which you've done for many years, of course, in a major tournament at Wembley, where most of the games are. Like, talk to me about your emotions now, because you, be, you must be buzzing for this. Yeah, no, I can't wait. You know, like I say, captaining the boys out in the World Cup was special um, to have that experience but like you said to, to be doing it in a major tournament at Wembley for the majority of the games just can't wait to kind of hear the fans hear the fans sing the national anthem uh, feel that experience and and hopefully thrive of that experience you know uh, it's not often probably most of us in the, in this group now won't experience a home tournament so this is the closest we're going to get yeah it's a good point so just to take it all in and, and really kind of uh, yeah use it to our advantage really and, and take that atmosphere and hopefully push us on all the way as England captain, do you think back to those moments when you were a kid and you, you had that that dream? Because it sounds cliche, but it, it is every kid's dream to play for England, to captain your side. Do, do you, whenever you're walking out of that tunnel, do you think back to those moments as a kid and, and those dreams that you have and just think, because you are fulfilling a, a, a lifetime's ambition, surely, every time you captain your country? Yeah, I think, I think as your career kind of progresses, it becomes a little bit more normal, but... Um, it's still, yeah, you still have to pinch yourself a little bit when you're when you're walking out. And I'm someone who kind of takes things in their stride and you kind of get on with stuff. But I'm sure kind of probably when I'm retired, I'll look back and take it all in and truly kind of realise how, how how special it is. In your career, sometimes it's just on to the next thing, on to the next thing. You, you don't have time to process it all. But yeah, like I say, I love every moment wearing an English shirt and to lead the boys out every time is, is an amazing feeling. Do you keep all your shirts and your captain's armbands? I mean, if I was England captain, I'd be keeping absolutely every bit of memorabilia. I've still got memorabilia here, actually, of an under-eights um, tournament I won at Sunday League level, which probably is more indicative of what, how my career panned out. But do you, do you keep them all and, and keep them at home in special places? Yeah, not not every shirt, but like I say, the important ones, good games, special games, obviously World Cups and, and obviously the Euros coming up. All, all special moments and, and memories so yeah I'll, I'll keep majority of them hopefully we have some good games that, that I can put some up in a frame and, and things like that and of course we touched upon Wembley and you mentioned home tournament but, but fans being back as well I mean it's talk, talk to me from a sort of player's perspective how different games have been without fans and, and how much that is it will be a key factor at Wembley for you yeah it's been strange without fans uh, even just yeah towards the end of the season and obviously the friendly games having having fans was uh, it just makes such a difference you know just to hear them and and feel them and feel their atmosphere in the stadium is what we play football for you know that's you want to score goals in front of fans you want to celebrate with fans you want to win games for the fans so really excited to obviously have a certain certain number of fans for the group stages and hopefully the restrictions get less and less and we can have even more in there as the tournament goes on. Yeah, and of course, first game, it's, it's not an easy first game, of course, Croatia. Um, and of course, whenever we think Croatia, I mean, England seems to be playing Croatia so many times, but we think back to that famous semi-final. Is, is that a game that, for all that you've achieved in your career, is that a game that, that still hurts? Of course, it's a game that that hurts. It's a game that obviously we wanted to win and we wanted to get to a World Cup final, but... In football, it doesn't always plan out how you want it to, and um, we just fell short in that in in that moment. But um, yeah, it's just another it's a game for us in a, in a big tournament. Uh, Croatia are a great side, so we'll be focused on their team and, and trying to stop their their threats. And obviously, 
we'll be trying to get on the ball and, and use the ball how we want to and, and create chances it's the first game of a of a major tournament and that's the most important thing to to look forward and just try and beat them on the day and, and get off to a good start and i've got to ask about you you personally you love a golden boot don't you let's be honest you seem to just collect them uh golden boot of the world cup you've got the golden boot um this year in the premier league and of course the assists as well is that a, a big personal ambition of yours for this going into it to get another another golden boot to go alongside the others yeah, well, I think obviously as a striker, if you're scoring goals, you're helping the team. So that's always my aim is to try and help the team as much as possible and, and win games. So, of course, I'd love to win another golden boot. More importantly, I'd love to be lifting that, that European Cup. So whatever way we get there, if it's me scoring, other people scoring, it, it doesn't bother me as long as as long as we're winning games. Uh, that's all I care about. And do you thrive on that pressure? Because obviously you, you won the golden boot last time. You, you're England captain. And, and a lot of times that we've spoken, you, you've often said that you thrive on those big game scenarios. You love taking penalties. You love being in moments that perhaps other players uh, would get particularly nervous about. But are these moments that you particularly thrive on in your career? Well, I think that's that's why we play play football at the highest uh, on the highest stage is to be involved in the biggest games and be in impressive situations and I think once most players are on the pitch and playing kind of instinct takes over and just it becomes a normal game really I've got to ask as well the one thing in the World Cup which we, we've touched upon it, it just the whole nation just came together and it was amazing to see how yourself Gareth and all the squad sort of united the country again obviously a lot of that was down to how well England did on the pitch do you feel like it's even more I suppose poignant and important this year with everything that's gone on uh, in the world and in this country it's been, it's been such a tough year for so many people that actually what success in this tournament for England could do not just for football but for the whole nation is that something you think about as players? Yeah I think so I think we have a real opportunity to put some smiles on people people's faces you know it's been a tough couple of years or so uh, for the world and obviously our country so yeah it's the first time a lot of fans will be going to games again and it's the first major tournament we've had in a while so uh, it's an opportunity for us to really give back and obviously if we start well and start winning games and get far in the tournament we know how much that means to everyone around the country we saw what it done at the World Cup so we're really excited to have that opportunity and final question for me I just want to know what you're doing uh, in your downtime there is a lot of downtime the team spirit you said is very good I know at Spurs you were playing uh, cricket you, a lot of competitive juices flowing on the cricket field that you told me about. Well, what, are you, what are you doing in your downtime uh, during this tournament? To be fair, we've got a cricket pitch here uh, at the moment, so we might try and get, get nice. on there and maybe, maybe <laughs> try and get a bit of golf in if we get a bit of time in between games. But yeah, in general, around the hotel, certain boys will be playing PlayStation and things like that. But um, I've just started Game of Thrones, believe it or not. So, have you only just started uh, Game of Thrones, have you? Just, just started Game wow. of Thrones. So uh, I've got a, a nice little period to, to finish that off, I'm sure. I'm sure that'll be finished before the end of the tournament. So I'm looking forward to that. You've got loads of episodes to get through. Who, who are the? Are you not in the sort of PlayStation gang then? You said some of the lads playing PlayStation. Is that the younger boys, is it? Yeah, I mean, World Cup I was, but um, <laughs> obviously I've had... I've got three kids now, so I've, kids, I've yeah. <laughs> struggled to find the time as much. But I might take my PlayStation. I'll have the odd game of Fortnite every now and then. Um, so, but yeah, in general, uh, not as much as I used to, for sure. I love that. I've just got visions of the younger boys just playing Fortnite and then you're just in your room watching Game of Thrones and <laughs> dedicating. I love that. <laughs> Harry, uh, all the best from all of us. We hope it's a really successful tournament for you personally and for the team. Thank you for joining us on the first podcast. Great to catch up, mate. Cheers. Thank you. You're listening to the official England podcast.
Yeah, great to catch up with Harry Kane there and get his insight going into the tournament. And interesting to hear him say Game of Thrones is going to be what's keeping him occupied in his downtime. And there's a lot of episodes. I've done my research, 73 episodes to be exact, across eight seasons. So that will take Harry nearly three days to complete, according to the internet. So surely we have to get to the final for him to squeeze all of that in. Uh, That just about wraps it up for the first episode. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget, we'll be back every single day with a brand new episode to keep you up to date with everything happening with the England squad so make sure you hit subscribe tomorrow on the official England podcast journalist Daniel Story will be with us to talk about England's chances in the tournament Josh Denzel is back with us and we'll have an exclusive interview with Calvin Phillips it's a great feeling and to be honest it hasn't really hit me yet I think when it actually gets to the tournament I reckon that's when you know I'll realise you know I'm, I'm, I'm involved now I'm in a really big really, I'm on the big stage and you know hopefully I'm ready for it as well the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.